Hello guys. Today we have with us world traveler Oris Sub. Oris is a world traveler from Ukraine who has traveled to 126 countries along with his full-time online businesses. He is on a quest to visit all the 196 countries and he is city ambassador for Lviv. He is one of the older generation digital nomad who started digital nomad lifestyle before people knew about digital nomad as a word so today we will be discussing about how to live and travel around the world uh, what are the mental models that help people travel around the world um, while working and uh, yeah the life of uh, full time travel and being on the quest to visit all the countries Oris welcome to the show how are you man hello Thanks for having me here. Great. Um thanks a lot for taking time out and, and joining me. It's uh, such a pleasure to have you and I'm looking forward to discuss with you about world traveler and uh, traveling around the world as a digital nomad. So, Orest, uh, to start with, I would like to know from you what made you start this lifelong quest to visit all the countries. I always liked to travel so since the even the school times I was visiting different countries as a part of international camps for for children actually like since 13 14 years old in Europe and then during the student times when I was studying law I was participating in different academic events like student exchange programs conferences seminars and so on and uh, after graduation uh most of my peers uh, started a work right so i thought like uh, i don't want to do it the regular way so i enrolled in a couple of internships like in poland croatia and india actually as well and uh, yeah i came back uh, from india as far as i remember and i thought like okay i want to continue this so the work as a lawyer will not set me on the road uh, which i wanted to lead in my life so i had to figure out something else and uh, i started uh, learning uh, online business online marketing blogging and this like everything around it so basically it was a pure decision and uh, it was a, a clear goal to um, find a way to earn for living online in order to be able to travel so it was always my goal and uh, mm -hmm. if you're telling about just you know this fixed fixed aim of uh, all the countries in the world uh it came to me i believe in 2015 when i was already far behind my first vis uh, first 50 visited countries and uh the main uh, point was there is that uh, i should put some aim into all of these travels you know because roaming around the world pointlessly uh, doesn't lead you anywhere so i just thought okay like now uh, I'm I've seen quite a bit of the world like what's next what's next yes and uh, um this uh, goal to visit every country in the world just put uh, much more sense in all of my uh, travels I I believe that that was the logical conclusion of it mm -hmm. was there any book or any person who inspired you to follow this quest to visit all the countries um You know, I think visiting every country in the world is the some conscious dream of many people around the world, but uh, many people uh, just you know not 
diligent enough to pursue it or you know they many things happen in life that why people don't uh, pursue their dreams it's not only about traveling but you know starting a business or buying a home or uh, marrying someone right so um, it's just something i felt to do and uh, uh, i i also would say that uh, my life became easier after i decided to visit every country uh, because uh, you know um, taking the goal is already i believe it's already half of the work to be done like once you settled you simply have to follow the route you just you, you just decide to take otherwise otherwise if you're pointless in something uh, it's much harder to get focused on something and once you get focused then you just okay like let's let's do it so uh, uh, definitely many people who did visit all the countries in the world inspired me uh, some people I followed their journeys as well uh, so yeah like uh, out of all those I think the nearest to a good role model for me was uh, Johnny Ward he's the owner of the website uh, One Step Forward uh, he's a cool Irish guy living in Thailand and uh, we keep in touch with him pretty often I, I I met him also personally, uh, so yeah. And then there are other people who did it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me, this quest to visit all the countries in the world is it's like a marathon, you know. It's it's like you know it's a, it's a life quest. So what mental model do you think is required to prepare for this race, and and what what's needed to keep going? Um, well, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a marathon. It can be a sprint. You know, there are people who visit every country in two, three years, but I simply don't see the point in doing that. Uh, my idea is to elegantly integrate traveling into my life uh, and and not to sacrifice uh, too many things, right, for that. So uh, the, uh, the mental state behind it should be like preparing to the marathon, you know, uh work your way up slowly get in shape uh don't use all your resources in the very beginning uh stretch it through the entire distance uh that's something uh, like it should be probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay in 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 this quest so far did you ever came across a time when you felt like hey visiting all the countries it's, it's it's very silly because at the end of the day many countries are same and uh did you ever feel like it's it's just a number game and you should not focus at visiting all the country but just having a good time in places you really like? Uh, once you set on the road to visit every country in the world, uh, it's not a lifestyle project anymore. It, it, this is like a sport, you know, like you cannot visit every country by occasion. This is a purposeful, hard work to do. Uh, so for, for me, it's, it's definitely, it's a challenge and, um, I don't agree that there are many countries which are similar. If you go deep enough, uh, you'll see that every country is different and there is something unique in every country. And that's basically what I'm trying to do. Uh, when I visit the country, I, I do my homework. I read about this. Yeah. I, uh, spend some time. So, uh, I can I cannot tell I am the ticker, you know, the guy who just ticks it, who, who just flies over and visits the capitals. 
uh, I did the real shit, you know, like I did, I traveled over land in West Africa a couple of times in the warring zones. And recently I visited Haiti and uh, I spent five months in India, four, four months in Mexico exploring different areas. So uh, it's, it's really excites me. So that's, that's why I do it. And how do you fund your world travel? Yes, I have a couple of projects. So this is openmind.com.ua, which is started as a self-help blog in Ukrainian language. And then now it serves as a small company. We provide consulting services to clients in, in, in the field of online marketing. Uh, I have a membership uh, program. So basically, most of our clients pay us recurring, which uh, helps me to travel a lot uh, on the maintenance mode. You know, I don't have to keep pushing or uh, uh, like work for extra sale. Uh, this is like a long-term relations with clients and the team behind is doing the work very fine, which enables me to travel. Uh, I have another project called Unistudy Org UA, which is an online resource for Ukrainian youth and students about volunteering and work and internship opportunities abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first project that I started was UkraineTravelSecrets.com, which is online travel guide around Ukraine as well. That's where I started. And uh, recently, uh, like last year ago, I um, opened a first co-living space in, in Ukraine, which is also uh, a recurring. So basically, um, the, the key here is to be able to uh, work online and uh, to find a way to organize things so you're not involved into the routine stuff, right? To to delegate wisely, to set up the team, the processes, which will enable you to disappear for, for some time. And then it's absolutely possible. Great. So you have set up systems and you have hired people who can take care of your businesses while you're yeah. working. Yeah. Amazing. Great. And um, since you have been working on different businesses uh, do you have any advice for someone who is thinking of uh, starting an online business to travel around the world like what kind of online businesses do you think works the best when you are working on the move anything what is paid recurring like anything where uh, you can sell something once but get paid many times from many people that's that's the most uh, smart way to go not not being in the position to chase every sale more or over and over again get the client uh, build relations with him and mm-hmm. set up the uh, the system the way people will pay you uh, monthly yeah or annually right. or i mean yeah, or- yeah, or an information product where you have to build one and sell twice. You know, you don't have to sell your time. You're just selling the product. Information products are good. It's a good way to start. Uh, like the logic here also is to create something once and sell it many times to many different people. But the next step should be selling multiple times to the same people because keeping your client is always easier than getting a new client. Yeah, that's also a very good point. Uh, can you um, give me an example? Um, like, do do you have you been using it in your business? Like, you have been oh, selling yes. to all of my business are recurring. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, for uh, like let's say consulting uh, business, yes, 
people pay a membership fee and they receive access to a payment system, to tech support, answering their business questions and access to the community of uh, other um, like Skillshare uh, professionals at the same market. So basically they don't have to look for the support uh, somewhere outside of our uh, service, of our community and get everything there. Like that's the example. Uh, co-living space uh, where we have uh, people rent accommodation monthly and we provide them with co-working with access to the community and with the uh, roof over their head yeah they pay monthly so that's that's other uh, solutions mm-hmm. yeah 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 so do you think that this lifestyle is for everyone or do you think it's better suited only for those without any responsibilities mm. It is definitely not for everyone and it is definitely not for people without responsibilities as well. <laughs> you have to be a pretty responsible person if you want to chase this lifestyle because there are simply a lot of moving parts to, to connect. And, um, you know, uh, so what, what can I tell, tell more? Like there is a lot of responsibility over here, definitely. No, no I, w- so, what I mean is that a lot of people feel like you know, digital nomad life is great when you are in your early 20s, when you are, you know, single and you can easily nomad around the world. But people feel that it gets difficult once you are in a relationship or once you have a family. So do you think that it's something that a family can do? Of course, like there are many families. It's, it's just a technical uh, issue. Uh, I mean, you, you can have a different style of traveling. Like For example, 10 years ago, I was, you know, with the backpack, uh, wearing the same t-shirt for five days taking overnight overnight epic bus rides in india but i would not be able to do it now for example yeah like i uh, not, not enough health <laughs> to, to do all of that yes so i'm traveling more with my wife and it which means the standards of comfort are a little bit higher uh, comparing to when i travel by myself yes but that's still absolutely doable. And if you travel with the family, then instead of a bus from the airport to the city center, you take a taxi. Yeah. Or instead of double room, uh, you get a, su- a suite or th- that's it. Th- that's the only difference, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like, uh, you know, when you look around, of course, there are more number of digital nomads who are um, relatively younger and, you know, they're nomading solo. Uh, and when we have more families setting example, then probably more people will be able to relate to them and they can see how to do it. I see that many families, they have question about how to educate their kids on the move, you know, like because if let's say if you have a, a child who is four or five year old and, uh, you know, if, if you can't afford or if you don't know how to educate your kid while you're on the move, then that could be a. Uh, a challenge so do you do you feel like it's not about the uh it's it's not about the choice but we also need setup we also need uh probably uh such programs which facilitates family to be nomadic i'm not an expert in this question because i don't have kids yet so you probably ask somebody else or you can answer since you have a child as i understand yeah, but uh, I've seen many, many people who travel with their families and with their young kids. So there is definitely a way. 
uh, I mean, if you don't, it, it doesn't mean you have to travel with the backpack every second day moving somewhere, right? You can move to other location and enroll into the Montessori kindergarten, for example, in the city where it exists, yes, uh, together with other expat children, for example. So it depends, but I think the COVID uh, just proved that you can do most of the things in life remotely. Absolutely, yes. So I think that after COVID, many families are asking this question. Um, see, my baby is still a one-year-old and I'm waiting for him to be at least two and a half or three-year-old when we can take him uh, on our travels. And um, I'm so much looking forward to it. I think that kids kids learn a lot when you uh, take them to different setups and you know they learn from their surroundings. I'm looking forward to uh, Or expose- they might not be caring. You know, I know people who are avid travelers and their kids are like in their early teens, for example. And my friend tells me like, you know, I, I just took him, my son to the, on the trip with me. And like, he was absolutely not interested with anything in anything. You know, he wanted to play football with his friends or some video games, but he was not curious about the architecture or about the food so so it's pointless for them to travel because it's just a waste of their time and money and everything right so it depends on on the child yeah what, what they like to do mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree with you it depends on the child uh what i mean to say is that we humans by default we are curious beings and i have not seen a five-year-old who has not been curious you know i feel like every five-year-old will just love to experience new things and i feel that that's the best way to educate kids when you can take them uh in different setups yeah yeah so uh, yeah i mean uh, i'm also not an expert when it comes to uh traveling uh as a family with uh with with kids uh but i do see that uh probably we need a good setup maybe hybrid hybrid education or a setup where uh kids who are getting world school can meet other kids who are getting world schooled as well, you know? So, uh, I think uh, yeah, for, for, for children at certain age, it's important to be surrounded with the same age of people, right? The same children. So that's, uh, something to consider about, I believe. Yeah. But once you are 19, 18, you can do whatever you want anywhere. So, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's there. Great. Yeah. So tell me one thing, like, I, I feel when you, when you travel, I feel like, you know, when you're traveling, traveling is all about, um, it, it, it is about getting into unknown, you know, I, when you're traveling every sixth or seventh day is a shit show, right? You know, when something surprising happens. So uh, traveling is always going through lots of highs and lows. Um, can you talk about some of, some of the extreme highs and lows that you experience in your journey so far? I met many people, many, a lot of same people in random places all around the world without any kind of contact. Like, ju- just like, for example, it was one of the earlier stories. Like, uh, it was 2007, I believe. I was still in my late teens and uh, I was traveling in Norway. So I took this Norway in a nutshell trip. And at the stage when we were on the ferry, I went outside, it was very windy, and I've seen a guy just holding a coffee, drinking it, 
so I asked him to take picture of me. I took picture of him. We just had a small chat, and then as soon as the ferry uh, arrived, we just traveled different locations. Yes, and that's it. Just a random, random talk. And three years later, I am walking Dharamsala, which is the Himachal Pradesh town in northern India. Absolutely shaved, looking like a like a Tibetan monk because it was the day of celebration of the Dalai Lama birthday there. And uh, I am very bad with names, but I remember the faces of people. And I see kind of like some face I've seen somewhere before. I approach closer and just because of the camera he was holding in his hand, I remember that guy from Norway uh, from three years previously, right? So uh, since I grew and I changed my appearance, he didn't recognize me at the very beginning. But eventually I started like hugging him and told him how I knew him. And he was like, wow, Ores, that's like really nice to to see you, yeah? Uh, so definitely we had like a couple of beers after that. We had some nice time. Uh, and that just um, showed like it, it was just a good lesson for me that if you meet someone, some random person, and you uh, bye-bye him on a high positive emotion line, yeah? If you meet the next time, you'll, you'll have great memories, you know, and you spend some good time. But if, for example, you, you, you got into the fight with somebody, and then you split and you met over again, maximum what you could do is like, hi, and, and you, you, you continue, right? So, yeah, just to be a good person and... Uh, I, I had those meetings a lot around the world, like really a lot. Yeah, so yeah, I keep in yeah. touch. With mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's uh, in a hyper-connected world, there is never a goodbye. There is never a goodbye. You always, uh, once you meet a people, you are connected either online or offline, you get a chance. And world is, Absolutely. World is quite small. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, talk about world being small and I'm sure that all the world travelers can go on and on telling you stories about the same. <laughs> so, so when you told me this story, that reminded me of another story of uh, a, a Portuguese uh, guy who has been on this quest to um, uh, sketch around the world. He's on a world sketching tour and uh, he, he's he been traveling for the five years and he's, uh, his idea has been to travel in a continent for a year and sketch uh, do the uh, you know do city sketches and uh, mm-hmm. when he came to india uh, he couch surfed with me i hosted him in bangalore and uh, randomly i met him in pai thailand after a year mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes <laughs> uh, world is quite small yeah um, so that was just yeah. one of a few like another app was actually pretty recently i just uh-huh. got back one week ago after a six month trip uh, and uh, it all started in uh, November when we simply went for a one-week vacation to Dominican Republic with my wife to celebrate our anniversary together, right? So we arrived to Dominican Republic from Ukraine, which is already quite a, a journey, yeah? And uh, on the, our first day in Dominican Republic, we just thought, like, uh, like why should we come back home now? Let, let's continue. So... From there, I traveled to Haiti, then we did Colombia, then we did the United States. And eventually, instead of one week, we spent six months <laughs> on, on the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, that's that's great. 
has there been any time where um during travel you felt you are bit in a trouble like maybe getting deported or being a very dangerous situation um as a rule i know many people don't like people don't want to travel because they think something bad can happen to them but as a rule uh the world is same safe or same uh, dangerous place as as uh, your surroundings like there are some exceptions uh, for example like in india where you live uh, there is higher risk of having some health issues you know for, for get, getting poison from food uh, in latin america there is higher probability of being the victim of uh, street violence for example um, in middle east there is higher probability of getting into traffic accident you know that that kind of stuff like western europe you you can get pickpocketed and, and so on. Ukraine, for example, is like very very safe place. Uh, like even though there is war happening in the east of Ukraine uh, with Russia, but outside of war zone, entire country is in a in a top fifteen safest place in the world. I can assure you absolutely. After I've been to so many. Yeah, uh, so I, this I have one. A very similar opinion. I feel like world is boringly safe. It's so safe that it's boring. And this I can say after my experience in 91 countries. I feel like especially for the tourists, I mean, most of the dangerous places tourists won't be able to get in. Yeah, of course, there are a few places where there is civil war going on. And if you are traveling, you have to be a little cautious. But I think those places are anyway, it's difficult to get no. in. You can't, no. you can't get into Afghanistan that easily. Yeah, but you can get to Afghanistan pretty easy, actually. Yeah. Much easier to, to than to other many other places so the biggest risk in traveling is getting into traffic accident like that's the biggest risk of, of out of all yeah uh what happened to me uh like i i got a dengue fever in bali for example yeah that was unpleasant because i i, I ended up in a hospital then i was marked once in uh, Mexico, just two boys approached me with a knife and I gave them all the belongings I had here. Yeah. I had some minor injuries, uh, you know, while surfing or um, no, nothing bad, actually. You know, like nothing uh, super, super serious, super violent. If you do the basic stuff, not being silly and uh, just understand the surroundings, then uh, most probably nothing will happen to you. Right. So, um, Oris, tell me, you have previously worked with tourism industry, right? And um, mm -hmm. you might be aware of where the world is heading towards after uh, COVID. So, do you see any new trends emerging in the tourism industry post-COVID? The biggest trend will be a COVID passport. If, if you get the vaccine... And uh, the countries will be making their own restrictions, yes, according to the vaccines. And then, uh, actually, which is it is now not something special. There are these vaccination passports even now. For example, the yellow fever vaccine. Yes, uh, there are many many countries around the world where you will not be able to get without the yellow fever uh, vaccine. For example, so the COVID will be just the same one. Another reason is that um, which type of vaccine should you have, right? Because uh, 
the countries where I want to, to have uh, access the most, like European Union and United States, they recognize only what, like Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson Johnson, and Alka something, yeah, there. Um, so uh, on my last day in New York City, uh, I made the vaccine, the proper vaccine there. So now I am safe that I will be able to travel, yeah. Then there are some countries who take other vaccines, like Indian or uh, Chinese or Russian. Uh, and, you know, if some countries will decide not to let people with those vaccines come in, they will not be able to come in, which is mm-hmm. complicated, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, okay, yeah, that's there. But in terms of how people will see travel, do you see that maybe people will now feel like, since for the last two years, 2020 and 2021 so far, uh, not many people have been able to travel because international travel has been restricted for many nationals. So do you see uh, there might be boom in travel once people get vaccinated? Of course, of course. Like there is normal way. First you go low, then you go up. So uh, the borders will be opening up and then more people will be hungry to go to travel. It will come back. It will come back. There will be some new way of doing around. Like, you know, people can tell many different things. For example, at the moment, the local travel became more popular. Yeah, People start to uh, explore their own neighborhood or their own surroundings much deeper. Uh, even though maybe like two years ago, it didn't sound so cool. You know, to go to your backyard to see what's happening there because you could travel to other country, which which sounds more fancy. So now, because of this forcing staying around, uh, developed a lot of internal tourism move, movements. Yes, in many countries, but those are like a regular regular things. Yeah, as soon as the conditions will allow, people will continue traveling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Oras, tell me, I saw a video on YouTube where Tim Ferriss gave you a shout out. Would you like to share with us how you made that happen? Yes, no problem. It was 2012, I believe. I was sitting in my studio and just doing some work from my computer. I was already then working online and uh, received a newsletter from Tim that... And, and like in the next day, he'll going to do the autograph session in New York, uh, which didn't help me much since I was in Ukraine. But then I remembered that one friend of mine is visiting New York. And I simply called him and asked to, to go to this uh, bookstore in particular time and uh, buy a book for me yeah, from, from Tim with uh, some signature. And eventually my friend just made... Uh, one more step and ask Tim to record a video with some, you know, shout out. Yeah, that that's how it happened. Nice, nice, nice. When I saw the video first, maybe I thought that you got a chance to meet him in person, and I felt like that's so super cool, you know. But um, in my yeah. opinion, meeting such high-profile high people uh, doesn't create much value uh, unless it's some. Uh, like, you know, extended meeting, for example. Yeah, because I met mm-hmm. many, I, I met Chris Gilbo, uh, but like if it's a, a public event where you just meet the person and exchange a few words, it doesn't make any sense to you, you know, like, so just like right. 
Uh, yeah, a lot of yeah. times it, it's 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 said that you should not meet your heroes because when you meet them, you you get to know that ah maybe they're they're not worth um, what <laughs> you them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Um, is is there anything you would like to share with uh, someone who is not yet sure if uh, digital nomad lifestyle is for them? Who is not sure if living and working around the world is something that gonna work out for them well you should try you, you you should try and then you'll you'll know is it for you or not <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. great awesome um thanks a lot for uh, taking time out and answering all the questions you have been um i i, I see that I, i really admire the clarity that you have and uh, you know mm -hmm. all the question you managed to answer with utmost honesty and um with sure. very clarity so i really respect that um also uh Oris, tell me you are a, a ambassador for your city may i know like what you have to work as an ambassador what, what this is the unpaid position yes mm -hmm. so basically because i travel so much and i'm involved into some social events in my city Uh, when I travel, I try to meet representatives of other cities and establish contact between our city council, you know, just to make some exchange between them. Maybe they can travel and get some best practices. For example, a um, couple of months ago, I was in Medellin. It's a city in um, Colombia, which experienced a really like uh, interesting transformation as the urban area in the, in the last two decades. And uh, there is a lot to learn from them, how from uh, one of the most violent cities in the world, it became really a prosperous uh, Latin American town. So uh, they have very uh, ambitious infrastructure projects, many social initiatives there uh, that I think in Lviv, as also the middle-sized city, yeah, it's not a capital, it's not a global, huge, like, city with a couple of millions of people that we can learn from so this like it works on the outside and on the inbound um i'm working on to uh, develop lviv as the good hotspot for digital nomads as well uh, the city is uh, like it, it has amazing architecture you know uh, it's really really cool history I think uh, the amount of bars and restaurants per capita here is one of the highest in the world. Everything is with the, connected with the fast internet. It's a two-hour flight from any place around Europe. So it's it's very good place for the, and it's very affordable. It's very cheap uh, as well, comparing to Barcelona or even Lisbon. You know. So uh, I'm working on that uh, direction at the moment. And actually, uh, I am also organizing online a conference for digital nomads soon. I'm not sure wh when I'm going to publish this, this postcard, but a uh, podcast. But in a couple of days in the Facebook group where we met with you, you will see announcements. Yeah, so uh, together with the uh, admin of uh, digital uh, global digital nomad network, We we both are organizing online uh, summit for digital nomads, uh, and uh, that is like one of the steps within my vision to uh, integrate Ukraine into the global Western movements because it's still kind of 
the country where east meets west. And this is one of the steps how to put Lviv, my, my hometown, on the map of for digital nomads. Yeah. That's amazing. And I must say that uh, what you are doing reminded me of what Suarez has done for Miami. So I hope you also managed to make Lviv a center for digital nomads. And you rightly said medicine is, is a great example for other cities to learn from. I was there three years mm-hmm. ago and I also got to know about the transformational story. Also, Medizin is now the hub for digital nomads. Most of the digital nomads yes. in South America prefer to mm-hmm. stay in Medizin. Great. So, yeah, I wish you all the best for this project. And, uh, yeah, you. guys who, who are listening to us, uh, you should check out Lviv for digital nomads. It's uh, it's a great place to live and work from. The cost of living is, is quite low. And, um, yeah, as Orest said, there is amazing architecture, good nightlife. So everything you need for a comfortable stay, you get it over there, right? Absolutely. Amazing, Oris. It's It's been lovely talking to you. Before we wrap up, uh, I would like to know what's the best way to contact you? Just call me on Facebook. It's pretty easy to find me. I, I am pretty active on all the social media, yes. So you can use any channel suitable for you. But, you know, Facebook is also is good. Great. All right. Uh, thanks a lot for taking time out. And uh, Oris, I wish you all the best for all your projects. Thank you very much. Same here. And uh, see you somewhere soon, I believe.